And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Five minute freak! Ah, no way! F-R-E-A-K! Your ordinary fur-barren rebel! Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip That started from this tropic point aboard this tiny ship The mate was a mighty sailor man, skipper brave and sure Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour A three-hour tour Good evening. Uh, welcome once again to the five minute Fear the Walking Dead freak, whatever we're calling it this week, I guess. Uh, we'll this. never be five minutes. No, no, that's that's, that's kind of our, our running joke in the network at this point. Uh, if, I think if we ever did make a podcast that was only five minutes long, that that person would be escorted from the building uh, with security. Yeah, um, but they get picked up by the Fire and Water podcast. They do five minute shows all the time. Ooh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, good for them. They just oh, they're, they're, they're good shows. Yeah. But no, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't say one sentence that's less than five minutes generally in my life. So it wouldn't work for me. But um, uh, once again, we're still doing the season two recaps of Fear the Walking Dead, and been happy to. Have Beth and Brian Hughes back with me tonight, and uh, Serotonin made it back with us tonight. Uh, technical problems are at least temporarily dealt with, so that's good. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Y'all missed me. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, and this episode's title is Captive. It's the, uh, the fifth episode of the season so far. Uh, so I'll just jump right into our little recap here if you want, guys, but uh, if Obviously, jump in, walk on me. If you have something to say, that's the format. There is no format. So, um, as I was saying, we just uh, we opened with some nice Patsy Klein and a fine cuisine on our pirate friend Connor's boat, and he's making a nice steak dinner for new acquisition Alicia. Uh, Connor is eerily nice for a kidnapper, trying to put Alicia at ease, and you know do the whole new employee interview thing, I guess. Um, she presses him about her family, and of course he evades the question. Suddenly we get a power outage, and Connor leaves to investigate, and angry pregnant woman from the last episode comes in and takes Alicia's steak from her, <laughs> and locks her in. <laughs> because reasons. And you just made me think well, of Deadpool. Steak, so, you know. <laughs> woman tried to take my steak, it would have been on. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to fight a pregnant woman steak. for a steak. She's, she's got two behind her there. Well, she's a real bitch, so I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Besides, her baby's probably dead anyway. I'd wow. like to have this Wow, this has gone dark already. Okay. Yeah, it, it's dead and it's going to eat its way out. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Still waiting to see that. They haven't crossed that line that quite yet. Please? But, you know, we managed to give Lori a C-section before that happened in the other one. But, uh, well, Judith is fine. Judith will be Supergirl, apparently. I don't know how that brat's still alive. Anywho. Because she's adorable. <laughs> 
You can see her face most of the well, you know, she's I think she's like ten different babies at this time. I swear she looks different every time I see her. She looks like she's five and then all of a sudden she's one again. Well, you know, she probably holds the distinction of being the most bathed person in an entire group. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Except when they have to smear that poor kid with zombie guts too. Uh. Last little little jaunt outside when she had her little gut parka on. Um <laughs> So that's the other show, though. That's the other show. Yeah. Um, Reel it in there, McGregor. Reel it in. Yeah. Already off the rails. Um, so anyway, uh, Alicia eventually gets out and discovers that they're actually in a large dry docked boat uh, in this big shipyard slash marina type thing. A very empty shipyard marina type thing. Nobody around. I mean, with all the aerial shots, you didn't see people, you didn't see walkers, you didn't see anything. Yeah, again, uh, we're still kind of waiting for the big horde to show up, but we haven't seen it yet, so who knows. Um, Jack Skolder for wandering about. Um, meanwhile, back in Daniel's house is medical fun. He's patching up Reed, the psycho douchebag. Um, he's taunting Chris. Uh, Reed is taunting Chris with fun stories of clipped Ach- Achilles tendons and such, and all the fun his family used to have before and after the apocalypse. Uh, Daniel gives his wound a little special care and makes him howl a little bit and laugh because he's a psycho, you know, like they haven't hit us over the head with that a little bit. And we get the best line of the show, and I'm calling it right now, or Daniel tells him, uh, you know, because Reed's obviously trying to get under people's skin, and Daniel just very coolly, you know, he's like, you know what, in my time I've known men who, I've known men who inspire fear. You know what they have in common? They never have to say how frightening they are. <laughs> a real gangsta ass nigga never runs a fucking mouth because real gangsta ass niggas don't start fights. Yeah. Great, that. great line. Yeah. Daniel leaves Reed and his uh, mental, his metal bar is just still sticking out of his chest. And he leaves Chris in charge of watching him. And probably not the best call on Daniel's part there, uh, as we will learn a little later. Daniel tells Maddie what he's learned from Reed, and they, they find out, obviously, that Connor's uh, Reed's brother, and um, they find out where his little cluster of boats is located, so they, they start heading off to that. Louise comes in and, and protests, but uh, Maddie won't budge. A very weak strand uh, who's laying on the bed recovering from his, his near-water death um, grants Maddie half a day, basically tells Louise, it's like, you don't even want any part of that, dude. She's not going to listen to you. Um, so it gives her a half a day to, to go get her family after she reminds him of almost being dead, if not for her. <laughs> Always good to have that leverage. And, you know, the negotiator that he is, he's like, you've got half a day, we're even at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luis is still freaking out because apparently they, they're going to need some money to get everyone over the border. And he's got enough money for like two people plus him and not seven people. And Strand is just like, don't worry, everything's a negotiation. See, Scott, that, that does bring up something really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, before we'd always believed that they were going to Abigail's place. Yeah. Why would they need money to get in if it was Abigail's place? Yeah, I was wondering that myself. I think maybe it's, uh, they must have some kind of information about people, the, the border being closed off and bribes to get over or something like that. Because it sounded like it was specifically for the border and not necessarily entrance to Abigail's place. And what Agreed. good is money? What good is money in in this new world? Well, I mean, I guess it's still, you know, as we've talked about the timeline, I guess it's still in the early days of it. So there might be, and maybe nothing's happening in Mexico. Maybe it's yeah. just, maybe it hasn't gone there yet, or never will. And they're just, I'm sure there's just a, you know, 
the, the tables yeah, have been turned. Say that wouldn't take money. Yeah, right. And and yeah, the, true, true. the tables have been turned, and and now the Americans are probably the illegal immigrants at this point. Probably all Russian south. <laughs> um. So yeah, yeah, that's a little weird. And and maybe by the time they get there, people have figured out it's like, well, yeah, this green paper really isn't going to do us any good for anything other than wiping our ass with at this point. So, but. Then again, toilet paper in the apocalypse is going to be a very big commodity, kids. So stock up now. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, make sure to grab extra from the overlook there when you're working. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Meanwhile, Jack is uh, giving Alicia radar training on how she's uh, supposed to choose piracy slash murder victims. Yeah, that's always fun. Um, and she kind of realizes the weight of, of what you know, he's having her do, and, um, you know, they have a little philosophical discussion about, you know, well, this is the way of the world, or oh, maybe it was always like this, and I think Alicia's basically still playing along, and, um, you know, using Jack's obvious puppy love for her to, uh, probably puppy lust at this point, to, um, you know, to kind of manipulate him a little bit. Uh, just a personal note, I made Jack is a man bun, and he should be thrown overboard immediately just for that reason. <laughs> that's um, not a man bun, that's a top knot. A top knot, okay, so yeah, I'm not up on the, the lame hairstyles of the thousands here in the 21st century. Top knot, okay. I said corrected. <laughs> it looked lame, whatever it was. Uh, Jack and Alicia have already oh, right, did that one. Um, they have their little philosophical discussion, to, supposedly to make the murdery stuff go easier. Travis is caged up below decks, waiting for a way out, and he gets a surprise visitor. And hi, Alex. And uh, props go to Beth for the prediction that she is the one that gave um, uh, Connor and company all the detailed information on, on the Abigail and. And she explains to Travis, uh, it doesn't give him any ground, you know, basically tells him what a shit he was for putting him out in the boat, and says, you know what, when I got here, they asked me what I could offer, and I offered him your ass, so, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and we yeah, get, I, get a detailed I, account of Burned Boy's last agonizing moments, and Alex is holding a bit of a grudge, so, so you want yes, to say Yes, she something? is. Well, I mean, you know, it's like, she's the one person that shows, uh, the, uh, the a lot of passage of time, and obviously, finally, the ocean airs had an effect on her hair. I actually love her hair. I was severely attracted to Alex in this episode for some reason. I don't know but why. One, <laughs> one thing that my wife and I commented on was how much Alex looks like the uh, that nurse that got famous in Dallas last year for catching Ebola. Oh, I. I don't think I've ever seen saw a picture of her, but okay. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, I mean, she was all over the national news uh, over that, and it was funny because this girl looks a lot like her. <laughs> Though when she first came when she first came down into the hold there with that with uh, Travis, I thought it was Lucy Liu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, her hair was like totally back and up, and it did kind of look like a different person altogether at first. Yeah. But um, she's obviously been through a little shit, you know, the, the the small amount of time that she's been on this boat and and obviously had to deal with uh, her. Her and Travis have a little discussion about various people they've had to put down, and, and Travis wins a little sympathy from her by telling her about having to put down his ex-wife. Were you going to say something earlier, Sarah? I think I cut you off. Nope. Okay, I'm sorry. 
Um, what was I here? Uh, flashback to Maddie uh, telling Strand to stop giving Nick errands. Um, you know, don't come between me and my son. And uh, Nick tries, or uh, Strand tries to tell her what an apocalyptic asset that Nick actually is, and he can handle himself, but Mom's not having it. Back at pirate training, Jack realizes that Abigail is coming back too soon, and Alicia realizes it too, and freaks out, assuming her family has possibly been killed, um, which sounds like Jack knows that's what was going to go on. And uh, he explains that Reed just really likes killing other people on boats. <laughs> it's not Connor's fault at all, so don't be mad at him. Um, Alicia insists that she... And yet they left his family with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alicia insists that she is allowed to go find them, and, and Puppy Dog Jack basically very, too, almost too easily was like, yeah, okay, let's go. You know, and so much for the loyal soldier Jack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, woman? Yes, I will go where you lead. <laughs> so they start to plan their escape by distracting Connor with another uh, ship theft. They pick him on a nice little target. Uh, more discussion between Alex and Travis, and she's giving him no ground or sympathy. And uh, Travis, as I said, wins some points um, discussing about what he's had to go through, and they discuss, you know, do the the time-honored Walking Dead discussion about, it's like, you know, we've had to give up so much of our humanity, can we keep any of it? I don't know. I don't either. Sadness, grim, dark, depression. You know, I... I, I, I kind of question that whole her blaming Travis when it's obvious that, you know, she says that Travis knew it was going to happen. He gave her food, he gave her water, he yeah, gave I her stuff that would allow her to survive. Yeah, I thought and, she was a little hard Str- on him, too. Strand was the one that came and chopped the line. I, You know, she would ask for Strand. Yeah. She kind of guilted him into admitting it, or to accepting the blame, though, because he's kind of like, yep, yeah, I was no better than the guy that cut the cut the line, you know. Presumably, he should have, you know, killed Strand and thrown him overboard, and that would have made him less of a monster. I don't know. <laughs> but. but in that position, he was the only face of the boat. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and you're going to lash out at the one that's in front of you rather than waiting patiently for the one that did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, ultimately, what I see happening is, of course, Alex will join the, the merry band of of uh, miscreants and... Uh, she will get put into that same situation. Maybe. I don't know if she'll be joining them, or, I mean, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but she may be new captain of, of this fleet, for all we know. Cause <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to need a new skipper. Um, well, they definitely show, her being, <laughs> definitely show her as being more capable than most anybody else around, except maybe Nick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Meanwhile, psycho sitter Chris uh, starts getting taunted by our friendly neighborhood Reed, who isn't sounding good. You know, he's, he's got a pipe through him or a bar or something. He plays the uh, sister card, uh, talking about Alicia, and figures out that Chris lost his mom too. And um, Nick comes upon the scene, tries to calm Chris down a little bit, talk to him. Chris blames himself for for freezing and not shooting. You know, when Nick points out, it's like, dude, you couldn't shoot a pregnant woman. I couldn't shoot a pregnant woman. Stop beating yourself up. You know, valid point. Um, Alicia and Jack arrive to tell Travis about the Abigail coming back. And, and you know, Alicia is obviously all worried about Maddie. And, and Travis is just like, it's like, it's your mom. She'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, if anything, pity the other people <laughs> that tried to piss her off. She'll figure it out. 
Um, yeah, that was all, that that was a telling statement there. So that whatever Maddie did before, he's aware of it. Maybe, yeah. Um, and I liked uh, they said on Talking Dead. It was a good Talking Dead after the show, and I got to watch it this week. And they were talking about that and how. You know that Maddie, the the actress that plays Maddie, has been given more information about her character than the other actors have, and that, that there is going to be some big reveal eventually. Yeah, they're going to have to come up with a word for her style of leadership. You know, we've got the Rick Tatorship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, on, on regular Walking Dead, but you know, she's the one that sits there and seems to say that she's not bending, and everybody else bends to her, even Strand. Madocracy, maybe? Madocracy, that's good. <laughs> okay, I like that. Matriarchy. Matri- matriarchy, there you go. That beats mine. We should Twitter hashtag those right now. <laughs> Send them over to Hardwick. <laughs> Very good. Matriarchy, I like that. All right. So basically, Alicia's going, but the, everybody's dead. And Travis says, have you met your mother? Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, no, no I, my money's on her. Yeah. yeah, and uh, she she is definitely getting tougher and tougher as the, except when it comes to this, she's still babying. They still flip flop a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, that still bugs me a little bit. But um, Connor calls the Abigail looking for for Reed and Madison, wondering what's taking them so long. Uh, well, before that, Travis tells Alicia that you know you got to find a safe way off with or without me. And, and of course, she's like, "Mom will kill me if I leave you." And he's like, "Well, your mom will kill me if I leave you." So you get off first. <laughs> you notice in both cases with uh, Alicia and Travis and Maddie and Nick, the parent says, "I need you to promise me you're going to do this." And in neither case does anyone say, "I promise." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's smart because none of them really intend on keeping it at this point, and mm. you know, and it makes more sense than you know them just kind of. Humoring the the adults that still haven't quite got it, and you know they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. So. Anyway, Connor calls the Abigail, looking for his his young brother Reed, and Madison picks up the microphone and and becomes master negotiator herself, demands a trade. Strand is obviously admiring her negotiation skills, and they set up the trade. And we soon learn that Nick is not the most effective therapist in the world, and that Chris has shot Reed. Um, and blew a good chunk of his jaw off, and uh, he needs to work on his shot, obviously, but we needed him not completely brain-dead because of the plot. Uh, He claims that Reed was about to turn, but um, that obviously hasn't happened yet. Uh, Maddie and Chris kind of talk it over and bond over his murder, and (laughs) the ways... And the plan becomes a hooded zombie trade as Reed uh, wakes back up while Daniel's kind of tending to him. Suddenly he's preparing Reed for transport, and Daniel starts hearing voices, which was kind of alarming. And uh, in Spanish. And in Spanish, uh, yeah, and it was like, pick up my gun, you know, or pick up my gun, Daniel. And I'm thinking it had to be like a dad flashback, you know. Because didn't we learn in the first season that it was basically dad that was kind of taught him you're either the man with the knife or you're the man in the chair? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he it, did mention that. Yeah, because they kind of hinted that it was his dad that was doing bad things in, like, the El Salvador army before Daniel learned to do bad things, too. Um, so, yeah, Daniel maybe starting to lose it a little bit. 
Um, or, you know, having some flashbacks about the old country. <laughs> you know, the way he was talking about Chris earlier, you know, when, when uh, was it Ophelia was talking to him and he said, you know, he wants to keep him busy so he doesn't, his mind doesn't go to where it shouldn't. Yeah. Right. And it, you get the idea that he already knows that that's happening to him. But when the voice comes out, he's looking around like he's just been shocked to hell. Yeah. yeah like, he- like someone well, who's only heard that for the first time. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I was, when that had happened, I actually was wondering if it startled him, not because the voice was coming from nowhere, but because he, did he recognize the voice? Well, he was, and he was it, getting ready to pull off Reed's thing to see if it was Reed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because he was questioning that. himself. Wouldn't you question yourself? Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So, you know, I think that's the reason why he wanted to pull it off. But he knew damn well the man didn't speak Spanish. Right. No, all not he, that he knows of. At that point, all he speaks is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but you got to try to see for yourself. I mean, you know, and then his daughter walks in and says, "Oh no, everything's cool. I'm cool. You cool? I'm cool." Well, I think Daniel thinks he's got things. As well together as, you know, anyone on the boat and, and maybe, yeah, to see his own reality slipping a little bit like that would be alarming. And, and holy shit, what's happening? Got to rein this in. You know, the whole time while I was thinking Strand was this FBI agent or worked for the mafia, and it probably has been Daniel all along. Well, I think we I think he was in definitely some kind of military function in his home country, uh, yeah, because the way his brain works, um, yeah. and talking about leverage, and you know, yeah, I yeah. he knows guns, he knows torture, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put two and two together, and you get <laughs> paramilitary <laughs> or guerrilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, as he said, it should serve him well in this world as long as he doesn't go crazy at the same time, which may be happening. True. Well, that's True. Interesting little twist, and, and neat of them to throw that in there. Oh, it made me so happy to see them do that. I was like, yes! (laughs) (laughs) I love paranormal! (laughs) In any society, hearing voices is not cool. (laughs) Not usually, unless unless you've taken some kind of substance where you expect that to happen. Uh, Not that I know anything about that. Anyway, um... Uh, where are we here? Uh, well, Nick argues with uh, Maddie about who's going to go do the exchange. Nick, fearless Nick, obviously, you know, is all about, you know, I can do this, I can do this. And Maddie says something to the effect of, like, You're not going because you want to. Because you want to, which made me think a little bit. It's like, does she think he's getting, you know, a little too ruthless, a little too under Strand's wing? Um, but, man, I don't know. It's, it's kind of world that maybe you no. should... That right there, <laughs> that right there was a parent response. Yeah, yeah, and, it's, and yeah, it, it it was just one of those things that you natu- naturally do when you have a child that is, uh, you know, you know, does things to spite you. So that's that's why you would sit there and say something like that. Yeah, we we should be concerned on the day that Maddie goes. Yeah, go ahead, you be you take point, <laughs> you know. You go kill the zombies. I'll I'll stay here. You go make the exchange with the evil people. Yeah, when Maddie starts, you know, serving up her kids as soldiers, that's when we know she's gotten a little too hard. <clears throat> so she's going to be that moral compass. Oh, she's doomed, um, according to Chris Hardwick. But um, 
Yeah, understandable. Um, did you do well? Alicia Jack is off looking for Alicia, who has temporarily evaded him, and she is stopped once again by pregnant minion girl. But Alicia fights her off and locks her in a cage, and very mercifully does not kill her and the baby and all that. I mean, um, seriously, this woman, th- this pregnant woman, must really hate being pregnant. Yeah, I know. who in the hell would? Being pregnant attacks someone thinking that you just might beat her. Yeah. Why uh, you could kill your kid. She is a bully. She, yeah. she is just a, a bully, plain and simple. And being pregnant doesn't take the bully out of her. And she just thinks that she's able to, to bowl her over because that is little cute girl. You know? She well, just I, thinks that, you know, that, that she's got an edge on her because she's that kind of ruthless already. Yeah. I, I think there is something to be said for her, maybe you know, wouldn't really break her heart if the baby didn't make it or something. Especially oh, after sure. especially after the speech that Maddie gave her last episode. You know, she might have that stuck in her mind that uh yeah, maybe my baby is gonna eat its way out of me one of these days. <laughs> so she keeps hmm. that up and it really will. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. For all we know she could have damaged it enough that she's got a little wee little walker in her right now. Yeah. yeah if you think wee little womb you- walker. If you think back to earlier in the episode when they're up on the in, in the galley and she takes the steak away from her, she doesn't fight her or anything. No. She just lets her take it. And so that, that tells this woman that she's a pushover. Yeah. And I think Alicia's just playing the long game on that. She she knows that she can't really win from that position that, you know, she starts shit right there in the control room then she's gonna fail her job interview for one. Yeah, you start and, shit with uh, a pregnant woman in the control room yeah, yeah. when they're acting like they need her. It's not yeah. going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> See, but that's where I differ from that opinion. You let her know you're not going to take your shit, and she won't push you around so much. Try to smack the snot out of her. Exactly. <laughs> take my steak in the apocalypse. Steaks are going to be, you know, a rare thing. Anybody else think that's yeah. people? <laughs> Just exactly. saying. That's why I'm you saying know. no one taking my damn steak. Tainted meat. Tainted yeah, meat. Yeah, you never know. That, that marina was surprisingly empty, wasn't it? <laughs> now, that, that also brings up an interesting question because Connor was talking about things like maybe he was the ship's cook before yeah. things went down. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I gathered, basically, yeah. <laughs> Somehow he he Jim Jones his way to to yeah maybe yeah yeah he he maybe promoted himself uh, to captain through chemical means that would be a way to do it <laughs> yeah yeah why not anything's on the table in the apocalypse well the exchange uh, prisoner exchange goes pretty much how we would expect and Connor gets chomped uh, by his Walker brother thus ending you know so much for the. We might get a you know half season of the Connor show. Um, <laughs> Is he necessarily gone though? Oh, he's definitely dead or going to be infected at least. But yeah, because uh, I don't think they figured out how to chop the arm off yet, just yet, to avoid getting you know uh, getting sick. Yeah, and I don't think there's anyone. I mean, I, did they? They didn't really even mop that up. I mean, nobody really killed Reed. No, nobody put him down. They just kind of fought off. The other minion and, and got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, because the because Reed went. You know there was there was two minions in Connor, and Reed you know bit Connor. Then he went after the other minion right at the neck, and when they pulled away, you saw the one that that 
Travis had beat down with a real great beat yeah. down. The guy's head to the Epic deck. headbutt right there. Yep. Epic headbutt. And then the, the double shot where he hits the guy on the chin and the guy's head goes back and hits the deck. Yep. Comes back up and Travis hits him again. That, that was really well choreographed. Yep. And yes, then they, they took that real, <laughs> real long crane shot from away. And you see the walker, uh, Reed is the walker, still chomping on the one guy. And Connor is getting up against the wall and standing up at the point where everybody else is getting away. Yeah. And that was the last you saw of Connor. So we know that Connor was able to get up and move around at least, but we don't know what's going to happen to him after that. Uh, he's, you know, he ate a few of his own steaks. He was a portly, portly lad, and I think Reed just got a really good buffet off of him for a while and was distracted. So. Well, it's either that or they met a guy from Omaha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now we're left with a little bit of a power vacuum on the ship, and as I said, I, I think we could see either... Well, poor Jack just seems freaking useless at this point. He'll just glom onto Alex and try to hit on her and probably get thrown overboard eventually. Friend zone fatality. Yeah, but I think Alex might be the, the new leader of the pirate group at this point. Because she clearly wasn't going to stick around either. She had plans. Because when the last few things she said to like Travis was, you know, he's like, what are you going to do now? And she's like, you know, these people want to use me for something and nobody uses me, so... She was not down with the program. She had right. done what she needed to do to survive up to that point, but she was definitely looking to get out of Dodge or to, you know, do whatever she needed to do to, to not be part of the crew. Um, so, who knows? We're definitely going to be seeing Alex again, though, I would think, and I'm glad we did. I'm glad yeah, we didn't I, just leave that lie. I think we'll see Alex and Jack. Mm-hmm. I do, too. I think they'll end up hanging out together because he's sure... Doesn't seem like he can get along in this world without someone to help Somebody him along. Somebody to tell him what to do. I just Absolutely. Hope Alicia's smart enough not to like if they do bump into him again that she doesn't end up like being with him because she's just so much better. And, you know, she's too good for him. Well, it was obvious <laughs> every time he sat there and said one of his lines to her, she was like, "I don't believe a word you're yeah, saying." Yeah, he, he's just he was pathetic. And he was listening to everything she said, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Uh, well, meanwhile, they have their little Titanic moment in the uh, the, the the bow of the uh, the dry dock boat, and you know he's basically like, "Well, I thought we were gonna leave together." Just like I'm going with my family, motherfucker. You know the boat's here. I don't know what you're doing, and she just leaps off and uh, to safety, and there, there, there's you know nothing for poor Jack uh, to do except wave goodbye. But Jack and, uh, really does have those sad puppy eyes going yeah, on. Yeah, he, he's bad. He, he's he's whipped bad already, and he's you know he's not going to have a good time. Things if if he can you know fall that quickly just over a little you know little radio date. <laughs> so, but uh, good call, Alicia. I have to say, I think she dodged a bullet on that one. I do too. And uh, Trav, Maddie, and uh, Alicia escape in the Zodiac boat, and and that's the episode, kids. So. Um, I don't know, move the plot forward too much, but we we definitely got a lot of excitement in this one, and only one walker kill, not, not even really, we didn't even get to see a walker kill in this one, I mean, In Memoriam was, was pretty sad. Yeah, now did the In Memoriam, did it, did it give a memoriam for Connor? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think probably, I don't remember... We'll have to watch See, that again. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember seeing it, and I recording... watched part of it that night, and like the rest of it the next day. So, hmm. and did you watch the preview for next week? 
I, I think so. Yeah, I watched it during Talking Dead. Yeah, and I don't it looked, remember much. <laughs> it looked like uh, Louise had um, a coin. With was it an owl? It's an owl. And, it's an uh, owl, but I don't know the significance of what that could possibly mean. Sounds like that's the payment. So, do you think that's the payment, or uh, just something to let them know who he is? Well, one way uh, or another, because Daniel I think, was holding it. Yeah, well, that's because uh, it looked like Luis got himself capped, based on the uh-huh. way that that tr- the preview went. Okay, I, I think Luis gets gets killed because that's why they're getting ready to stab something, or at least he gets shot. Yeah, because they're saying no, 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 wait. And uh, I don't know they're going to try and pull the same trick twice, but. Uh, it, you know, it, the the fact of that coin being out and they're going someplace where they have to pay to get in uh, makes me think that, that that coin is somehow related to that. But, you know, I could be wrong. I must have just blanked on the preview again. Because I just now, remember, remember last... <laughs> well, I just wanted to uh, correct ourselves because uh, last week in the commercial we thought that we had seen that they had tied up Strand and it happens to be that it's just a blanket that yeah. has really long edges that look like ropes Yeah. so it, it in fact was a blanket and you know we, we couldn't tell that right away so we couldn't tell and we backed it up and looked at it rewinded it again looked at it <laughs> yeah. and we still couldn't tell until this week's episode I think that they do that on purpose because they know these shows go into that kind of scrutiny oh yeah they've been real good at it with the regular Walking Dead too they'll show you something in the previews that looks really important and then it's just like some throwaway scene you know and just to get our blood boiling um, hey Miss Encyclopedia back there you're too quiet um Note any thoughts on this week or nah, I'm just listening to you. I'm following right along. <laughs> um I was just I know I'm I was not with you last week cuz mm-hmm. the uh technical difficulties from the uh, overlook in. But um was anybody else amazed at how many people lost their minds and glommed onto the fact that Strand is gay? No, I mean, I didn't read anything on, on the internets about it at all, but, I mean, I... Well, yeah. I, I don't know if you listened to the episode, Sarah, but I was, like, I was the dim one in the group that I didn't realize that he was until the actual kiss at the end, and they're all like, you didn't see him holding his hand at the bar and, you know, at the villa? And I'm like, no, I just, I don't know. I just didn't go there for some reason. Because my gaydar is broken, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading, you know, comments from other people, and they were just losing their minds. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I mean, who... They no. were losing their minds because they were upset that he was? Mm-hmm. Oh, That's Jesus just... Christ. How can he be gay? Oh, my God. I'm it's like, 2016, oh, wait, so people. Yeah. Pull it together. Of the world. I think people have more to worry about in the zombie apocalypse rather than who's kissing who. Right. I mean, Damn, if if, yeah. if yeah, the but, man is happy and they're both happy and you're not in their bed, then why in the hell should you give a shit? It's, <laughs> exactly. It, it's, again, the departure of any TV trope because in most every other TV show where there's somebody that's gay, they're gay! Yeah, and this is the, and, ma- the macho alpha male guy who's got it all together and, you know, can't possibly because gay is weakness. Yeah, so... Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll say it on the record here. The apocalypse happens, I'm not putting any options off the table, because it's going to be a pretty scarce thing, you would think. (laughs) (laughs) Male or female, so... Oh, so you so you like that Arcturan Puntang. Sure. So you better hope you don't die, honey. Because <laughs> women will be on the table. You hear me? <laughs> the coin with, with the, the owl on it. Was loop. it the whole owl or was it just the head? Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I didn't notice. I don't recall. I'm sorry, what was your question, Sarah? The the, the owl, owl coin. I'm assuming it was gold. Was it, it the seemed, whole owl, or was it just the head? Uh, it looked like most of the owl. It had two eyes, um, but it looked like it had a swirl. And then the owl itself, and it looked about as big as a half coin. I mean, uh, a dollar, you know, uh, the mm-hmm. old dollars that they had. But it well, was it is, gold it's the and... 2005 and, Tuvalu, $50 half-ounce gold piece, and it's worth 1000 one hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety five cents. So if that's payment to get across, that explains it. That's two grand in one. Yeah, and that would make sense. You know, what are they always telling us on the uh, you know Art Bell and George Norrie? They're always pushing the the gold, get gold for the apocalypse. So, (laughs) so presumably people are still going to want shiny shit, even though they have nowhere to spend it. But well, shiny shit is always good. You know. Yeah, sure. You know, it looks really good on top of your eyelids when they bury you. <laughs> you gotta have something to pay the ferryman. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. I wear okay. mine around my neck. <laughs> That's silver, honey. That'll only get you halfway around the block. Uh, damn it! Well, you know, I don't, I don't mind. I'll, I'll be a, I'll be his first mate. <laughs> <laughs> Find myself a good job on the river sticks. The music is great, anyway. Combs can sail away twenty four seven. I can live with that. <laughs> You'd kill yourself. <laughs> Did you want to catch? Did anybody catch the Warren Miller ski video they were playing? No. Yes, I did. Uh, in the beginning of uh, the episode when he's cooking, they show you a ski video while he's um, giving Alicia the steak. Yep. Saw am, I that. Getting, am I getting the name right, Warren Miller? I'm yes. Bodie Miller. Well, it's, uh, would, it not, would it not be Bodie? Well, no, I mean, this was a, a there's a there's Warren, a guy, I think Warren Miller, uh, he makes uh, all these movies, slow motion, guy skiing and doing all their tricks and stuff. Oh, and okay. Of, they, oh, okay. Play on, they play them on HBO and other channels from time to time. And it's, you know, all set to music and everything. And he's made tons of these, too. So yes, uh, maybe right. I'm getting maybe I'm getting a name wrong. Um, well, Bodie Miller no. is a skier. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. This other guy, you might be right. I just, man, I... I, I, I think you noticed the ski video playing, and I thought, I, "Oh, well, that's quaint." <laughs> now, apparently, what Brian was saying is that when they're out on long, um, yeah, on on long uh, tours out on sea, that they play these videos in, in the room uh, there just to pass time along mm-hmm. to make them feel more at home. Yeah. Makes sense, I guess. And, and, you know, if you're out in the tropical aisles, I suppose you'd want to see snow. You may get sick of being in the tropical aisles. I don't know how, but whatever. Well, I don't know how that would work. You know, I would <laughs> no. think they would be playing a bunch of women. Yeah. Have yeah. the guys look at each other cross-eyed a little bit. <laughs> Just to make them feel more at home. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the whole world is gay now, Beth. 
That's right. That's where my mind's at. <laughs> no. We want hot skiers. We don't want women anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe there's really a dust up over that. It's I like freaking... keep hearing Brian saying boat legged women. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it is Warren Miller that that is making those movies. Okay, yeah. he he made those since 1940. Started making them in 1949. Wow. Did anyone catch the symbolism okay. for Alex? You, you know how you were stating that um, uh, Scott that that they had mentioned about uh, Daniel uh, telling Reed that it sure is funny how you have to say how you're a badass when someone who's badass doesn't have to say they're badass. Yeah. Okay. Well. Alex has that very demeanor. She doesn't have to say she's badass. Yeah, no, she just, just <laughs> is. Um, because how she said that they wanted to be able to use her. Yeah. That, that that's what, uh, what was his name? Um, Connor? Connor, yes, yeah. thank you. Connor was saying how he could use her, and she turned and she said to Travis. Nope. No one has, no one's uses me. Real gangsta ass niggas don't flex nuts, cause real gangsta ass niggas know they got it. Yeah. yeah well, so. it's like Maddie, too, the look she gave Strand when he's like, you don't have the guts to push me off the boat, and she just shot him that look, and like, yeah, really? <laughs> and we noticed that little Chris is getting good at the death stare, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he kind of, he was definitely upset by, he realized that, I think he knew that he had not killed someone that was that was about to turn. That he had killed him out of anger. Uh, yeah, you know, but the guy got his goat and no, that's, the, the that's angry the I'm going now. to kill you stare. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. he's yeah. gotten very good at that. Therefore, it wasn't really a big shock when no, no, you know, he was about to turn. Yeah, that's a good excuse. Let's go with that. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk about the shot though, because so he shoots Reed. In the face. And I don't think he really, really killed shot. him. No. Well, you know, he did die because, I mean, he ultimately did turn. He just didn't hurt the brain enough that it wouldn't become a walker. Yeah, I thought that was a little weakness in the writing because we established last episode that, you know, Chris is pretty well aware that you've got to destroy the brain to, you know, he's seen a few of them now and he's done a couple. Well, I think he thought he did. But I mean, Chris he shot is him not in the face. Still a live person. Yeah, he did. Remember last? Uh, well, yeah, he killed that guy in the plane. Yeah, yeah, he did. In order yeah, to, you know, that to, was a mercy kill for sure. Yeah, yeah, and this, I, I think this this was more of an this was obviously more of an anger kill. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and he just kind of shot him. He maybe was planning on finishing him off too, but he shot him, and people rushed down, and he was just freaked out that he'd done it, probably. Because I mean, he was obviously freaked out that he was even able to kill the guy in the plane, and you know, he's obviously feeling the trauma of that, and at the same time, getting good at it and getting colder to it. But he's not—he's not totally cold. You know, there's still a human being in there that's feeling the weight of his actions. So. And you see, and I think Maddie, when Maddie was holding him, telling him everything's okay, everything's all right, it really was not okay because all you're doing is just letting him know that it's okay to keep making these mistakes. When they were lucky, he came back as a zombie. Yeah. What, what in the hell were they going to do if he didn't move? Yeah, and as I said, that's why I think it was a little weak writing that he had to, 
It was the plot moving the the characters along at that point. Like, well, he you, did ask, "Did I just screw everything up?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she says, "No, that's okay. We'll just we'll figure it out." When I even got thinking of well, what the, else are you gonna say? The eggs are broken. You can't yeah. put them back together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, at first I had almost thought that Daniel like had purposely left him alone, thinking that Chris would probably kill him. But then, you know, Daniel's on board with the plan, so that would have fucked everything up. And and Daniel so, told Chris to just stay outside, do not engage. Yeah, yeah. He didn't leave him there to kill him. He told him just just leave it alone. Still, the way the kid was riding Chris, it was still a, a lapse in judgment on Daniel's part to have him be like the main guard, in my opinion. Daniel ought to know by now the damn kid don't listen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't keep him there by your side. I like the scene where Ophelia... Ophelia seems to waffle a little bit, too. Like, she she had to check on her dad, you know, when he came out of the room, and she basically asked him in a roundabout way. It's like, were you you torturing this guy, too? And she's like, no, I was fixing him. I was healing him. You know, she's like, well, I've just got to make sure... And I, I felt like Daniel gave her a look like, it's like, didn't you just, you know, you told me in the last couple episodes you understand why I do the things I do? Yeah. It's like, well, guess what? I was actually the good guy this time. Uh, right. She gave him absolutely no credit for trying to do the right thing yeah. in this. Yeah, so she needs to lay off Dad. Dad's looking out, and he's going to do what he's got to do. And You'd think she'd be taking notes from her dad, because he seems more like a survivor it, for this kind of world. Yeah. And in the same episode, she she later on she's talking to you know is it Chris or Nick, Nick where you know she says, I think I'm starting to get used to this and and Nick is like is this no. our life now? Spill the blood, clean it up, spill some more. Yeah, right. And Nick's like no, don't get like that, don't give into it. Nick Nick's like the one true good soul trying to hold on to his humanity, and uh, I think it'll be a long time before we like see him or Alicia actually you know do what they got to do and then. Well, Nick's killed walkers, obviously, but I mean, kill another human being. I think they'll resist that to the very end. Um, but we shall see. I don't know. I thought it was a good episode, though. Uh, definitely moving things along, and um, yeah. Uh, any any thoughts, predictions, or? Well, you know, I was gonna. When you were just saying moving things along, this show definitely doesn't do like uh, The Walking Dead does, where it will have, you know how it kind of takes an episode off every now and then, where you just get that almost slice of life, where everybody gets to take a shower and take a breath and everything. But Mm -hmm. here it is, you know, it's constantly moving, it's constantly going. The only thing that that doesn't make any sense, you know, I can buy the zombie apocalypse, I can buy the boat that doesn't need to be refueled at all. (laughs) But what I can't buy is that Alicia never puts her hair back into a ponytail or has a brush, and yet every day it looks perfect. (laughs) Well, once again, they are still on a pretty luxurious lot, and they've got some amenities. Well, she's been on Connor's boat for at least a day. And... You know, still, not a hair out of place. Jack's going to want his new girlfriend to look nice, so he probably slipped her a brush or, you know, a little makeup or something. You know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what we're here to do is pick the nits. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. I really enjoyed this episode, though. It was probably one of my favorite episodes out of uh, Fear so far. Yeah. The actors are really grown into their parts 
very well. I mean, from from the first episode of, you know, I wasn't a fan of, of the whole cast from the beginning, but they're, they pretty much all won me over at this point, and they're really, I think they've all got the chemistry going of working together for a little while now, and, and they're firing on all cylinders as far as that's concerned, so... Um, well, you know, the, 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 the arc of Madison so far has been really, really awesome. Yeah. And following her is really enjoyable. The arc of Travis, though, is just one of the that bugs me because here he is. He's gotten to this point where, where it seems like he knows what has to be done. And then he has that sit-down moment with Alex where he's trying to uh, you know either justify or come to a meeting of minds. But you see him waffling. You know, he's like... You know, we, we, we can't be like that. And sadly, do you, you have to be like that almost. I don't think I don't think I see him waffling. I think I see him telling himself the truth. Yeah, I think he's I working it out. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go there because if I do, I won't ever come back from that. Yeah. And I could totally understand that. And he's looking for, and Alex, he's looking for someone to tell him, no, don't worry, you will. And she's just like, no, you're probably right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. no. But when he did come out, you know, when, when she untied him, well, no, he was still tied up when he headbutted that guy, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then he did gave that other guy the beat down. That was a, a Travis that definitely doesn't take prisoners. Yeah. 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 So he's getting there. Yeah. Um, no, because it was almost as if he got permission from someone else he completely doesn't know. And it's almost like, like Scott said, he's working it out. I'm worried about how good Maddie's getting because that usually spells doom when I start really liking a character. So I'm going to try to start hating her a little bit and maybe she'll be around longer. Well, don't um, you think Maddie is a Rick? <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, but that's where they would pull the rug out of you, you know, out from under you and, and kill her off in the next episode. So. Oh gosh, don't say that. Well, you, <laughs> have you have you watched the show, Beth? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, I have this thing you do. I want her to stay around longer, so you know. I don't you you were the ruthless one saying last episode that you know, oh, they're gonna have to kill one of the main characters here pretty soon. And, and they are. Well, I still think. It's and me and Brian are like, wow, man, and I'm like, you sleep with this woman, dude? And uh, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> one Nick, eye open, man, one eye open. Uh, Nick and Alicia are are Daryl and Michonne of the of the show. They're the mm-hmm. ones that that are gonna be on it no matter what going down the road. I, that's my prediction. Based on the popularity of the characters, now everybody really seems to like them. Uh, don't think Alex is going away, but and I, I don't think Maddie is going away anytime real soon. Travis, still, he could go at any time. <laughs> Travis but, is cannon fodder. We all hate Travis for some reason. On but this. don't you think that's why they might have bought, uh, brought on, uh, is it Juan? Uh, Luis. Luis. Yeah. Luis. Yeah, yeah I'd, say, I'd say a good chance he's he's done soon or, or somebody. And, and who knows? I mean, who knows what's going to happen when they, you know, if the show wants to really get as ruthless as its universe, they could show up at Abigail's house and have a bunch of armed guards just mow down everybody except Strand and Nick. <laughs> and so they, far, what it looks like they've done is they bring in characters on a weekly basis and they get rid of those characters within an episode or two. Yeah, and the regular Walking Dead's been doing that for a while too, which is why I had a real problem with the finale um, last season. But um. Now, I, I do have a question about Reed, going back to Reed. 
Would you say that that was the best day of his life? And nobody gets that. Jesse McCartney, who played Reed, was a singer who sang the song Best Day of oh, My Life. Oh, that's right, yeah. No, that's that. And they were talking about that and Talking well, Dead, too, yeah. I didn't even know he was the singer. I didn't yeah. either. And then I had to Google it. I'm like, it's not Paul McCartney's son, is it? And no, that's what I thought, too. Yeah. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd have to be his grandson. I'm like, apparently I was supposed to have heard about this person, but I haven't. I'm sorry, Pop But that, I think that's the one song that we all know is Best Day of My Life, because they play that so much in movie previews and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'd recognize it, but... Yeah, we'd probably recognize a number of his songs, because apparently he's been right, He's been singing since the late 90s, and he's oh, wow. got a bunch of real popular songs from the mid-2000s. Yeah, one of those baby faces, then. He doesn't look very old. Well, it probably really was the best day of his life when he got <laughs> his paycheck. <laughs> yeah, all right. And he yeah. says, God, I didn't even have to sing to do this. <laughs> He's had to go through some pretty nasty makeup a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> well, he started out on All My Children, so you know, he's been he's been on some pretty nasty stuff. Right. Uh, but he actually played the the psycho bad guy pretty good. Yeah, I did. As I said, if you can remind me of the movie Funny Games and your portrayal of a psycho, yeah. you're doing really well. Uh, because he just had that that glee about being evil about him, you know, just like, oh, I'm really enjoying what an asshole I am. (laughs) I agree. I really, really, really like killing people. (laughs) I think we've said all we can say about uh, Captive. Um, The minnow travels onward, and uh, we'll see what happens when we hit the port of uh, Mexico next week, hopefully. Yeah. Hey, Scott, um, do we have uh, an email address people can write to us at? Uh, we don't. I mean, not not a specific one for this show because we were doing it under um, five minute freaks. But um, well, I, I can give one out that we can like, use. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I mean, I figure. It, I think the the main two true freaks email is is on the page whenever I post to five minute freak. Yeah. But I don't know if Chris even reads any of those or not. So okay. yeah, give us something sure. Yeah, uh, the the email account is indiehue at gmail dot com. That's i n d y h u at gmail dot com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you because I mean, with this show is actually getting really good hits. We're getting some people listening to us, and I'm very proud of that. So, um, according to the the just jumbled stats that I don't really know how to read on our webpage, but it looks like at least somebody other than me has gone back and listened to it. So, that's a good thing. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Doing yep. pretty good. Yeah. All right, well, I guess, uh, anybody got anything else? Nope, and it's just about time for me to head off to the Overlook. Yep. And All for right. me to chop this sucker up and get it out tonight. Excellent. So, All right, well. Thanks, guys, and we'll thank you. see you next week. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. <laughs>
Sing 